is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877 Let me ask you a question, America. If prior to our entrance into World War II, the German or the Japanese fleet started cutting off our destroyers, would that not be a major concern for the entire country? And if the week before they had sent a fighter jet up to come within God knows how close to one of our spy planes in international airspace, would that be a concern? And if the The head of the military in communist China refused to meet with our Secretary of Defense. Would that be a concern? And I could go on and on and on. It would be a great concern. I don't know how else to express this, but we have a huge problem in this country. And it's not just among Democrats. We have some pseudo-conservatives who've lost their damn minds. They claim to care about America first, but they blame America first. We have every right to transit that area of the world. We've been doing it forever. It doesn't belong to the Communist Chinese, the South China Sea. Almost $7 trillion of economic activity travels through that international waterway. This same communist China is having battles, military skirmishes with India on its border, threatening Japanese islands, threatening Philippine islands, claiming waters off of Vietnam, 
It's got phony islands that it has built, militarized throughout this area now. It has anti-carrier missile systems built specifically to destroy our aircraft carrier. It has killer satellites way advanced beyond what we have, since we don't build those sorts of things. It's hypersonic technology far exceeds ours, because we wouldn't invest in it. It has a deep water base of the Solomon Islands, which is in the middle of the Pacific, and there's only one reason to have that, to attack us. It has management control over both ends of the Panama Canal, which we built. It's got up to 27 27 facilities, locations for their military in our hemisphere in violation of the Monroe Doctrine. It's got a port on the western side of Africa, which faces the United States. It is almost 100% control over cobalt in the Congo. Lithium, 80% control. We're surrendering to their economic activity. Because our strength is in fossil fuels. They're building two coal power plants every week. They're receiving oil from the Iranians. Without us stopping them in violation of these sanctions. And they've about doubled their defense budget. It's hard to know because they lie, and this, the, the line between civilian and defense over there is uh, really quite nebulous. So I get an email from a friend of mine who says, I saw one of your tweets where you said we need to spend more on defense. We could actually cut defense 20% and still be prepared if we prioritize the right thing. have to hear from the America First crowd that they don't believe in America First. They believe in America Last. We're the imperialists. We're the colonials. They sound like Marxists. They sound like Marxists. Communist China, listen, is preparing for war. As a matter of fact, they are prepared for war. They're just muscling up further. No debates over there. Imperial, colonialist, let's cut it 20%. Nothing. Not a word. They're moving forward. Anyone gets in the way, they crush them. They're strengthening their grip over their domestic society the way the Germans did, the way the Japanese did, the way the Italians did before World War II. They violated their agreement with Britain 50 years early and they destroyed Hong Kong which was really the freest place on the earth even freer than the United States. 
They understand that we have an agreement with Taiwan, the Taiwan Act, where we don't explicitly say we'll come to their defense, but that's the implication. And they don't care. They've already said among themselves, it's been reported, that America's in decline and they're in the ascendancy. Whether you believe that or not, and unfortunately I do, but whether you do or not, that's their psychology. And when you have a psychology like that, you're going to pounce. So concerned are they about the United States' response that they send a massive spy balloon over the continental United States. They don't care what we think about it. Cutting off our destroyers, threatening our spy planes, building phony islands in the South China Sea, making demands on the East China Sea as well. They could knock out our electrical grid. It's not prepared. It's not defended. They are looking at all options. All options. Cyber warfare. Space warfare. Missile warfare. Hypersonic missiles. They have more ships than we do now. More military ships than we do. A country 1.4 billion people. We have 320 million. We're a rounding error. And at the same time, our military is being hollowed out. We're not meeting our enlistment numbers because young men and women who have the mindset to fight for this country, they do not want to deal with CRT. They don't want to be treated. They don't want to be treated that way. And so the numbers are way down. They saw what happened in Afghanistan when we surrendered. They see that Iran keeps punching us in the nose in the Middle East, and they laughed. Biden now is begging the Iranians, begging the Iranians to accept the deal that the Iranians have no intention of complying with. Israel's going to be on its own. And we're not paying attention to this. Oh, a story will come across, but it's not a headliner. It's not a headliner. It's wild. Did you see what they did to us? Yes. Okay. Let's go to Jamie Raskin about indicting Trump. We're not prepared psychologically, philosophically, physically, that is militarily. We are not prepared for this. I expect this from the Democrats, although it's still sickening. But we have a weak underbelly within the conservative movement and in the Republican Party. Now that doesn't mean we support intervening everywhere. I don't have any more times I have to say this. I'm talking about communist China now. 
We now have people saying, friends of mine, or associates, I should say, what does Taiwan have to do with us? All right, so we don't help Ukraine when they're invaded. We don't help Taiwan when we're invaded. I tell you, this sounds like the 1930s and 40s. The hell with everybody. And then suddenly you look around and you go, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh, geopolitically they control this lane, this airspace, this waterway, this continent. They're building forward bases. They're putting missiles on those bases. They're building phony islands. They're putting missiles and ships on those islands. How is this in our national security interest? Don't we learn anything? There's always been this sort of, look, forget about the left. We know how rotten and evil the left are. We know they'd sell us out in two minutes because they do and they have. We know they hate America, that they're destroying us from within. I'm not talking about them. Anybody can talk about them. And how many dare speak about what's going on in our own community? Increasing our defense budget by 3%? Doesn't even keep up with inflation? What do you think Reagan would say? Oh, forget about Reagan. Yeah, he only defeated the Soviet Union. What do you think Thatcher would say? Oh, forget about Thatcher. Yeah, okay. It's incredible who we're supposed to forget about and the Democrats remember. Here's the problem. If we're attacked and we don't have a sufficient standing army, there will be a draft. That's the way it works. And they want to draft girls, too, not just boys. There will be a draft. And if we're attacked, once again, we'll be on defense like we were in World War II, which means we're going to lose a hell of a lot more people than we would otherwise lose if we were on our toes rather than on our heels. Can our industries come to our support the way they did? In the 1940s, the answer is no. The captains of industry aren't captains of industry anymore. They're pushing DEI and ESG, wokeism. They're a disgusting disgrace, and most of them are unpatriotic, anything for a buck. That's the situation. Astonishing moment, writes the Daily Mail. Chinese warship cuts off U.S. destroyer and misses it by 150 yards in Taiwan Strait during U.S. and Canadian drills as Beijing accuses them of deliberately provoking risk. You know what Beijing said in essence? What are you doing here? Why are you even coming through here? You're provoking us. You have no reason to be here. In essence, we own this waterway. You do? Oh, yeah. What are you doing here? This Chinese warship made a course change specifically to cut across our destroyer, and our destroyer slowed down. That's the first battle in World War III. They just won. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. Just amazes me the doublespeak also that we get from Kirby at the White House and Austin and the rest. There's a lot that needs to be done here. The Republicans take over. It just shows you that when we're increasing 3%, the Pentagon budget, 3%. And the EPA budget, 19%. 19%. How screwed up our priorities are in this country. And if we conservatives aren't going to speak out against this, And if we conservatives aren't going to robustly and vigorously argue against this, then who will? Taiwan is our business. NATO is our business. God knows how many men we lost in battle in Europe where so many of these wars start. Just give it up. Just give it up to the Chinese and the Russians. Turn our backs on our allies. How stupid, how ridiculous, how moronic. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Look, here's the deal. What did we learn with the Soviet Union? And they had satellite nations 
all over the third world. They're very significant military. They had a much bigger presence in Europe than Russia does today. They had a massive nuclear arsenal. Reagan defeated the Soviet Union economically. How did he do it? Among other things, he built the United States military up from what Jimmy Carter had left. There was no challenging the United States military. He put new mid-range missiles in Europe, even though there were protests against it. He shut down the government because the Democrats would not support a new version of the Trident missiles. And then they had to fund it. He insisted on a 600-ship Navy, Casper Weinberger, Secretary of Defense, and that's what they did. He insisted on the Strategic Defense Initiative. It was mocked, called Star Wars. The Israelis call it the Iron Dome, and he pushed ahead with it. He was not going to be deterred. Period. The Soviets couldn't keep up with him. They couldn't keep up with us. He also did a myriad of things to damage their economy. Reagan wasn't interested in continuing the Cold War. Reagan wasn't interested in a defense posture, mutually assured destruction. Reagan wanted to defeat the Soviet Union. He rejected the advice from Kissinger, who had an enormous impact on Republican presidents. Nixon, Ford, later the Bushes, but he rejected it. And he poured an enormous amount of money into it. New technologies, cutting-edge technologies, the basics. And that's how we won the Cold War, among other ways, but that was the key way. If we don't want a military confrontation with China, why aren't we at least economically trying to defeat them? We're defeating ourselves. We have a 19% increase in Environmental Protection Agency, which does what? It doesn't protect the environment. It attacks the American economic system, capitalism. It attacks the industrial heartland of the country. That's what it's all about. It tries to choke off internally fossil fuels, energy independence, and it's succeeding. They get effectively a 20% increase, and defense gets three. 3%. And defense is disrespected. From the Secretary of Defense, the Joint Chiefs, they are disrespecting their own men and women. If we're not going to take on the Communist Chinese economically, and we're not going to prepare for them militarily, we can't win. And when push comes to shove and decisions have to be made in the Oval Office and at the Pentagon, 
And they're sitting there and they're being given their strategic options. We're not going to have many strategic options. That's the problem. That's the problem. If China feared us, if they feared the man in the Oval Office, they wouldn't do what they're doing. If they feared the West, they wouldn't have defeated Hong Kong. They're saying, we'll do whatever the hell we want to do, and you're not going to stop us. They believe we're in decline. I believe we're in decline. Not because of we the people. But we have the worst ruling class in modern American history and the Democrat Party and their Marxist elements and the isolationists within the conservative movement, the pseudo-conservatives. You dare to mention what's obvious. All they do is label you stuff. I don't care. We're not the ones provoking China. We're not provoking anybody. We're minding our own damn business. We have every right to help an ally. That's the point of having allies. Better the Russians are stopped in Ukraine than we have a war with NATO. You ought to hear the excuses I hear, the idiocy I hear. Wow, they're not interested in Poland. But he said they are interested in Poland two summers ago. Well, you know. Taiwan. What's that any of our business? South Korea. That's none of our business. Now we're getting down to it. Australia, Japan. They're all in the same neighborhood, you know. Oh, that's not our business. Come on, Mark. What the hell's wrong with you? And nuclear weapons over there. You must be a neocon. How can I be a neocon? Does anybody know what a neocon is? A neocon, these are people who are Democrats. Many of them were scholars. And then they... They left the Democrat Party when they saw they were appeasing the communist Soviet Union. And they became Republicans, like Jean Kirkpatrick. Was she so terrible? Was she horrible? No, I don't think so. She was fantastic, as a matter of fact. Fantastic. It's amazing how we take one of the most successful presidents in American history, the number third best president in American history, Reagan. We dismiss him. Oh, that was then and this is now. Is that how you read your Bible? Well, that was then and this is now. I don't care what God said back then. I only care what he tells me today. 
I don't care what any of the great philosophers said. I don't care why they wrote the Declaration the way they did. I don't care why they wrote the Constitution the way they did. I don't care. We sound like the left. We sound like them. I've said my piece. It's not the first time and it won't be the last time. I want to mention a few other things here right off the bat. I see what's happening with the so-called special counsel in Washington. I see what's happening with the Department of Justice. I see what's happening with the same media that has tried to destroy Donald Trump. Now we'll try to destroy DeSantis. We'll try and destroy the party. Anybody and everybody who gets in the way of the Democrat Party. They gave Pence a clean bill of health. Okay, we're not going to charge him with anything. Then they're going to give Biden a clean bill of health. And of course, we already know you have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to hear it, see it, and smell it. And that's that they're coming after Trump. They're being pushed by lousy publications like The Hill, which is a liberal publication on Capitol Hill. Who the hell owns that anyway, Mr. Producer? I don't know either. It's been bought and paid for and bought and sold and bought. I don't know. It's being pushed on every cable network, including my favorite one by the likes of Bill Barr, among others. They got him dead to rights here. I just, you know, he was own worst enemy here. They got him dead to rights. And then you hear at CNN, MSNBC, all the former this and the former that. Yet this is a big, they're lobbying. They're lobbying for the indictment of Donald Trump. Let me be utterly clear, as clear as I know how. Any act against Trump over documents is an attempt by the Biden administration to interfere in the next election, to take out an opponent. That's what it is. Oh, the leaks. Oh, they're looking at wire fraud because he raised money. They're looking at the Espionage Act. They're looking at obstruction, a conspiracy to obstruct. They're, they're, looking at, they're looking at the Presidential Records Act that doesn't have a criminal enforcement mechanism. But what the hell? We'll give it a shot. Oh, we're looking at RICO. We're looking at everything we can. We're going to pile it on, baby. It's going to be the ugliest set of charges you've ever seen. And that will be interference in an election like we've never seen in American history. The Democrat Party, Joe Biden's administration, his attorney general, the phony special counsel. I can see Garland up there saying, I... uh, they came to me with this. I really couldn't say no. It's a whole setup. He appointed somebody, a special counsel, who's one of the most reckless, rogue, ignoramuses to fill a slot like that. Nobody's above the law. That's a lie. The Pelosi's are above the law. 
All the inside trading, I believe they did. The Bidens are above the law. No question about that. Don't hand me this nobody's above the law crap. Hillary Clinton's above the law. This is a frontal attack on our system. They can talk about insurrection all they want. This is an insurrection. And the use of the criminal system by Democrats up and down the line, up and down the chain, is what's taking place. They have tried everything else. I don't care what you think of Trump, whether you love him or hate him. It is not the point. The point is, this is what totalitarians do. We have a war taking place within the country and a grave threat of war from outside the country. To unleash grand juries in Democrat cities, to unleash Democrat prosecutors, call them special counsel, call them a kumquat. I don't care what you call them. Against one man, and only one man, to try and yet again interfere in the fourth straight election is appalling. You know, I'm, we go through the motions here. We go through the motions now with these elections. The media participate in interference. The FBI is involved in it. Department of Justice, our intelligence agencies, the Democrat Party. We go through the motions of having free and fair elections. You know, it was brought up in 7,000 legal cases. Not a single judge at the federal level would take up one case and get into it in any significant way. And now we're told the judiciary has looked at it all. No, they haven't. They haven't looked at anything. Well, there wasn't enough there. Look, when you make fraud lawful, whether it's voter harvesting, whether it's mailing out ballots, and then you tell me, or you tell the whole, catch us if you can. Catch us if you can. I don't have any authority to catch anybody. I don't have subpoena power. I can't. What am I supposed to do? Well, then keep your mouth shut. That's the deal. They cover. Why would you think these people comply with any kind of ethical standard? When you see what they did with Russia collusion, you have the dorm report, the lies to the FISA court, the lies about Russia collusion, the phony impeachments, the doctoring of evidence the lies and leaking of information at the highest levels to the media, the media handing out Pulitzer Prizes to themselves. And then they tell you, this is the cleanest election in history. The least number of anti-fraud policies in place, and it's the cleanest election ever. No, it's not. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. 
My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. Now, Mondays in particular, I want to tell you what James Comer has learned and what they're going to do. And uh, how much time do I have, Rich? Yeah, not enough time. So, um... We're going to do this in the top of the next hour. Comer gives us some information about what was in that document, and he's going to plow ahead with contempt because the way in which the FBI is still conducting itself. The FBI has exercised a lot of power over this country over the last 10 years or so. Uh, It has tried to take out a presidential candidate, Trump. It has tried to take out a president, Trump. It interfered with the Uh, 2020 election, when it was working with Twitter, which was in the hands of a bunch of leftist Democrats. And it's interfering with this election, with this constant pursuit of Trump. And again, whether you like Trump or not is really not the point, is it? This is power the FBI should not have. If any other country were conducting itself this way, We'd be appalled, wouldn't we? Russia, communist China, the old Stasi in eastern East Germany. Same thing. Lots more when I return. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, while many of you were working, James Comer held a press conference today regarding that document. That document, which apparently reveals, reportedly, that Joe Biden is a crook. Cut one, go. Today, FBI officials confirmed that the unclassified FBI-generated record has not been disproven and is currently being used in an ongoing investigation. The confidential human source who provided information about then-Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme is a trusted, highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI 
for over 10 years and has been paid over six figures. These are facts and no amount of spin and frankly lies from the White House or congressional Democrats can change this information. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. And we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. Given the severity and complexity of the allegations contained within this record, Congress must investigate further. Americans have lost trust in the FBI's ability to enforce the law impartially and demand answers, transparency, and accountability. The investigation is not dead. This is only the beginning. It appears this investigation is part of an ongoing investigation, which I assume is in Delaware. The Oversight Committee will follow the, follow the facts and be transparent to the American people with our findings. Mm-hmm. Let me just make clear. Today, FBI officials confirmed the unclassified FBI-generated record has not been disproven. And now there's an ongoing investigation, Mr. Producer? An ongoing investigation that's been ongoing and going and going and ongoing since the man was vice president? confidential human source who provided information about then-Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme as a trusted, highly credible informant who's been used by the FBI for over 10 years. He's been paid over $100,000. These are facts. No amount of spin and frankly lies from the White House or Congressional Democrats, and I would add from their platforms, Media, Media Matters, MSNBC, or CNN. New York Times, Washington Post can change this information. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. We will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. Why can't we the people see this? I mean, by now, if it were Trump or any Republican, it'd be leaked. Why can't we see this? We paid for it. It belongs to us. And then the White House can say what it will. Biden can say what he will. Jamie Raskin and the Democrats can say what they will. But I want to see the document, don't you? Given the severity, he says, and complexity of the allegations contained within this record, Congress must investigate further. Americans have lost trust in the FBI's ability to enforce the law impartially and demand answers. This is a perfect example of it. This guy gets into the Oval Office, the purported president of the United States. Purported. While this is going on. While this is going on. The investigation is not dead. This is only the beginning. And be transparent to the American people with our findings. We will be. It sounds to me like this is mighty damn serious. Cut to go. Could they end up showing more Biden family business dealings with other countries? This document was dated, I think you all know this, from the subpoena on July 30th. 
2020. The claims made in the document are consistent with what we found and disclosed to you all in Romania. It suggests a pattern of bribery where payments would be made through shell accounts and multiple banks. And there's a term for that, it's called money laundering. And that, again, is what the, the majority of the suspicious activity reports also said. So we feel that this accusation is consistent with a pattern that we're seeing, frankly, in other countries, too. In multiple yes. documents? We believe there are multiple documents. Now, this is a huge matter. This is a massive scandal, which is being broomed by the media. So they, what do they do? They attack Comer. A couple of weeks ago, they said he didn't even have a whistleblower. He's a phony. They bring in these phony fraud, former this, former that. He said... This document was dated. I think you all know this from the subpoena. Uh, Let's see here. July 30th, 2020. The claims made in the document are consistent with what we found and disclosed to you all in Romania. It suggests a pattern of bribery where payments would be made through shell accounts and multiple banks. There's a term for that. It's called money laundering. That, again, is what the majority of the suspicious activity reports also said. Now, remember, they had to pull teeth to get these activity reports out of the Treasury Department. So they went to the banks. Then they had to pull teeth to get to see this document. Now they want to have the document. And they're having to pull teeth to do this. The FBI is in full cover-up mode while it prepares to take out Trump. So we feel this accusation is consistent with a pattern that we're seeing, frankly, in other countries, too. Yes. Question. Are there multiple documents? We believe there are multiple documents. How the hell do you not have a special counsel with this information? How is it possible? It's possible because these are corrupt bastards. That's how it's possible. And the Attorney General of the United States... He's like a mob lawyer. He's protecting the Biden mob family. You don't set up 20 shell corporations, LLCs, that receive communist Chinese money, money from the government of Romania, spread it out to nine members of your family that have absolutely no business activities, including the three grandchildren. People want to know where the money went. We're not told. You can't even ask the idiot spokesperson who says, "Uh, the Hatch Act prevents me. No, it doesn't. The Hatch Act prevents you from being involved in campaign activity. It doesn't prevent you from answering questions. And then they say, go to White House counsel. Then they shut you down. Then they say, go to the Department of Justice. It's an ongoing investigation. Then the Congress says, the Republicans anyway, let's have the document. Then they say no. Sources and methods. Then they say later, under threat of... of... Uh, not just subpoenas, contempt. Then they say, well, you can come see them here in our skiff. No, no, we're Congress. You bring it to us. Then they bring it to them, and they said, but we're taking it back. We'll show you, and then we're taking it back. 
Congress is in the Constitution. The FBI is not. The Department of Justice is not. Sources and methods are not a defense to oversight and legislative activity. This is a massive cover-up of a crooked president of the United States. That's what it is. And you see how the bureaucracy circles the wagons to protect them? Meanwhile, the bureaucracy's out to get Trump? Oh, yes, 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 on the documents case. Wire fraud, espionage act. I'm just guessing what they're going to do. Obstruction, conspiracy to obstruct. Presidential Records Act that doesn't even have a criminal element to it. Oh, they'll throw that. Maybe they'll think about RICO. God knows what. And then we'll be told by Bill Barr, it's Trump's fault. They'll bring in all the all the former employees who are very angry with Trump who are lobbying to have him indicted. And the newspapers that are lobbying to have him, it'll be the greatest interference in a, in a presidential election in American history. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Remember the last time you got a quote-unquote free phone? You started out feeling great, then came the hefty activation fees, four-line requirements, and, of course, the binding contract. Don't fall for it again, folks. Only Pure Talk gives you a free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without the feeling you've been duped. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and unlimited data plan with Mobile Hotspot for just 55 bucks a month and get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right, unlimited everything at a fraction of the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Here's another thing. You'll be on America's most dependable 5G network. How do I know? I'm a customer. Make the switch to Pure Talk, the wireless company I'm proud to stand behind, because they're proud to stand behind me and you. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin, and you'll get a free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. Again, go to puretalk.com, use promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, to start saving today. The media are promoting James Comey. Now, why? Because they're corrupt, and we don't have a free press in America. We have a Democrat Party press, and when they have control of the government, we have a state-supporting press. There is no free press. Because Comey is a discredited, disgraced individual. He's a liar. And he tried to destroy the Trump presidency right from the get-go. An absolute disgrace. And so they bring him on MSNBC because everybody, is there not anyone on MSNBC who's normal? No. They're all a disgrace. Think of that lineup. Let's pick the biggest a-holes we can and give them a show. So you have uh, Sacron Vancetti there, the uh, Scarboroughs. You've got uh, Joy Reid, who is a race-baiting ignoramus. I don't know the whole list there. You know who they are. So here's James Comey on MSNBC yesterday. Cut for it, go. Well, think about what four years of a retribution presidency might look like. He could order... So here we go. Here we go. He just starts blaring out 
what a Trump presidency will look like. He just starts blaring it out. He doesn't have any information. He doesn't know from Adam. That's it. That's all that matters. Go ahead. ...and prosecution of individuals who he sees as enemies. I'm sure I'm on the enemies list. Because the president... Oh, poor baby. But the truth is, this is what you did. The truth is, this is what's happening today under Biden. Comey's just pissed off because he was fired. Because he's an embarrassment. Isn't this the guy that went after Martha Stewart? He is, isn't he? He put Martha Stewart in prison for like six months. On some phony nonsense. Go ahead. Usually does oversee the executive branch. Ah, shut up, you idiot. And he goes on. Comey. Boy. Chris Sununu has decided he's not going to run. Everybody was waiting with bated breath. The Chris Sununu juggernaut has been derailed. It's really quite amazing. How many U's are in Sununu? Do you know, Mr. Producer? You're asking me? I don't know. How many N's? In any event, doesn't really matter. I think there's three U's and two N's. And one S. I mean one S. But he's made the decision not to run for president 2024. But he'll do everything he can to stop Trump. That's what he's going to do. That he's the only guy that can't win. Here's a deal. Put yourself in Sununu's shoes. I think they're like uh, size 8, high heels. You get the drift. But in all seriousness, when you keep trashing a Republican like that, who may well be the nominee, you're undermining his chance to beat Biden. Isn't Biden the enemy? What he's done to this country, what his party's doing to this country. I mean, the two leading candidates, they keep trashing. The backbenchers keep trashing. Here's Sununu, cut nine, go. So uh, we've taken the last six months to really kind of look at things, where everything is, and I've made the decision not to run for president on the Republican. Oh, my God. Say it's not so. Chris, say it's not so. I thought it was Chris Christie. I was couldn't have been more thrilled, but no, no. No, no, it's Chris Sununa. What's with all the Chris's? Go ahead. In twenty twenty four. Obviously a lot goes into that decision, but um it's been quite an adventure, but not the end of the adventure by any means. Um it's not the end of the of his adventure by any means, ladies and we're all excited. I can't He's an adventurous type. I don't know. When I think of adventure, I think of Chris Sununu and the entire Sununu Nunus. But there's Chris Christie. He's going to announce soon. Yes, the New Jersey Hindenburg. There's great demand for him right now, particularly in the media. Guy has a big mouth. That's all he's got. 
Now, over at Mediocreite, the Dan Abrams operation, um, they're very concerned that Chris Christie isn't getting the attention he deserves on Fox. Mr. Peters, how many times have we asked Mr. Christie to come on this program? Five? A lot. And they didn't get back to you on Friday either. Now they're stiff-arming us. But they won't put that in there. Don't I work at Fox, too? I think I do. What a dopey operation over there. All the prebubescent morons. All they do is they, Ooh, look at this audio. Ooh, look at this video. Oh, we can put, this, can I put a title on here. Dan will be so proud of me. Anyway. Wait till he jumps in. You thought there was a sonic boom the other day? Oh, my God. By the way, on a footnote, I think I know what happened in that plane. They lost pressure. They weren't responsive to any efforts to contact them. It took a U-turn. Could be the pilot was trying to land or trying to get back. And then it took pretty much a straight line until it crashed. Terrible. And the family, they lost, the parents lost their daughter and their granddaughter. That's it. They don't have any other kids or grandkids. So they lost their family. Horrendous. I don't like these little Cessnas of these little planes. I really don't. I'm not big into those. Just me, myself, and I. By the way, uh, Tim Scott had a pretty good, uh, pretty good battle there on The View. He took on all the Yentas, in my view, he won. And we have that for you as well. As a matter of fact, I think when you come back after the bottom of the hour, we're going to leave with that. I'll be right back. Remember the last time you got a quote-unquote free phone? You started out feeling great, then came the hefty activation fees, four-line requirements, and, of course, the binding contract. Don't fall for it again, folks. Only Pure Talk gives you a free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without the feeling you've been duped. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and unlimited data plan with mobile hotspot for just 55 bucks a month and get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right, unlimited everything at a fraction of the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Here's another thing. You'll be on America's most dependable 5G network. How do I know? I'm a customer. Make the switch to Pure Talk, the wireless company I'm proud to stand behind, because they're proud to stand behind me and you. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin, and you'll get a free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. Again, go to puretalk.com, use promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, to start saving today. Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Here's Tim Scott on The View today to Sonny Huston, who is a bigot in my view. Cut 13, go. You have indicated that you don't believe in systemic racism. 
What is your definition of systemic racism? Let me ask, answer the uh, question that you've answered. Does it or does it even exist yeah. in your mind? Let me, let me uh, answer the question this way. One of the things I, I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show, is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today, that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but I can't. But it is. But it's not actually. Here's here's. It's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah. So so the fact of the matter is, we've had an African American president, African American uh, vice president. We've had two African Americans to be secretaries of the state uh, in my home city. Uh, mm -hmm. The police chief is an African American who's now running for mayor. The head of the highway patrol for South Carolina is an African American. Still exception. In, in 1975, um, there was about 15 percent employment in the African American community for the first time in the history of the country. It's under five percent. 40% homelessness and 50 of, of African-Americans get 13% of the folks in our community. Get 13 of the population. I, you have a chance to ask the question. I know that I've watched you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful, so I'm going to do the that same thing. That is true. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America, because he believed in having faith in God, mm -hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids, would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Fantastic. And I wanted you to hear it. Absolutely fantastic. And you have these people coming on these shows, making millions, living in estates. I can tell you they, they sit in makeup chairs where they're all made up for an hour at a time, their hair, their face. Some of them have wardrobe accounts where people are buying them their clothes. Most of them are driven to the studio and they're chauffeured. They're treated like queens and kings. And she comes on and she plays her role, which is to trash the country. And in fact, this entire group, including the Republican, is endlessly smearing America. This is what ABC News has created. It's not the view. It's the Hate America show. And they're not alone. What's the view? View of what? And so he explained to her, he explained to her how you can advance in this game, but it's the exception, she says. No, it's not the exception. It's the rule. When you look at what Minorities earn in the rest of the world. It pales in comparison to what minorities earn in America. Pales in comparison. When you look at the life, other ex exceptions, of course, but when you look at the life of people in this country, whatever their color is, it pales in comparison to people in any other country on the face of the earth. Period. You do not have people 
amassing on borders trying to flood into China, North Korea, Russia, Cuba, Venezuela, Bolivia, Chile, used to be a great country. You don't. They're trying to pour into Western societies, in particular this country. And most of them are not Swedish. Most of them are not Norwegian. Most of them are coming from the third world. And in many of these countries, there is homogeneity. That is, it are, they are 90% brown and black countries. And people are treated like crap. And they try to get the hell out. You look in the Middle East, Muslims slaughtering Muslims. So, let's stop playing games. There are no perfect cultures. There never have been and there never will be. And this constant trashing of America by Sonny Hostin and others, who live in the lap of luxury, they're the exceptions they've reasoned. They're the exceptions. These are hate mongers. Hate mongers. They're given a massive platform. And it's apparently a very popular program which is shocking, shocking, and disgusting. Then there's a guy by the name of Ellie Mistal. Sky writes for The Nation, which is, in my view, a commie front paper, but that's just my opinion. What do I know? Nation's been around a long time, rooting for the wrong side, in my view. Blamed the United States for the Cold War. This guy wrote a book that's one of the most disgusting books I ever started to read. He's a demagogue and a propagandist. Another hate monger. This book is filled with phony scholarship, phony intellectualism. Here he is. The Black Star Network. No idea what that is. But he's given, he's given a platform by Mediaite. Dan Abrams site. I told you Dan Abrams is the Jerry Springer of cable TV. What's that show called? Court something or other where everybody's fighting? No, not court TV. Whatever it is. And then he wants to be taken seriously as a legal analyst. Maybe an analyst, but not the legal type. Cut 14, go. On the voting rights case, I do believe it is very likely that the Supreme Court will vitiate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. That's the no, section... No, won't, moron. No, won't, moron. Section 2 gives an individual the right to sue if they believe they were prevented from voting because of race, among other things, by the way. They're not going to vitiate that at all. We'll see who's right, Ellie. Go ahead. 
allows you to sue for racial discrimination in voting. It's the kind of basic operational factor of the Voting Rights Act. I believe that's going down this term. This month, I believe John Roberts will write that. If you look at the kind of tea leaf, who's written what case from when, it looks like Roberts has kept that case to himself. And for all the people, all the media people, especially all the generally kind of mainstream media people, especially, who tend to act like Roberts is some kind of moderate good guy influence on the Supreme Court, make no mistake, John Roberts has been an enemy of black people voting for his entire legal career. You see that? You see that? You cannot have a debate. He's the enemy of black people. And black people voting. Now, John Roberts is many things. That he's not. So what this fool is upset about is part of the Voting Rights Act kept certain states, including counties in Pennsylvania, under the thumb of the federal government. They had to keep going to the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice, which is run by a bunch of radical kooks, especially under this administration, but this decision was prior to that. And the justices said, wait a minute, the majority. You come here, you say, do not lift it from these states. You come here with literally no evidence that these states are systemically preventing minorities, particularly black people, from voting. And you want us to keep this in place, even though they, they have not demonstrated what you say they're doing or what you say they might do more accurately. So they said, we'll keep in place Section 2, which gives a federal cause of action for the individual. But as far as these states go, you can always come back. But as for now, you haven't proved your case. Oh, you must hate black people. And as I say here over and over again, you would think a guy like this, you'd think a schmo like this, who writes, I guess, would give us chapter and verse of all the people who want to vote who were prevented from voting because of their race. And how white people were responsible for it. Since most of these cities that he's talking about and counties that he's talking about are controlled by minorities and certainly Democrats. So what's he talking about? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Go ahead. His first job after he finished clerking was to work for the Reagan White House arguing against an expansion to the Voting Rights Act that was initially, that was eventually pull, pushed through, um, that w- was conceived of by uh, the late Lonnie Guineer. Lonnie Guineer was-, was a radical. So radical that while she was nominated for a position, I believe it was a justice, Bill Clinton had to withdraw it. Lonnie Guineer was a radical. Go ahead. Popular that even Ronald Reagan had to sign that expansion of the Voting Rights Act. He didn't sign the expansion of the Voting Rights Act. He signed the continuation of the Voting Rights Act. It's a big difference. But so what? Subsequent to that, there's a case in front of the Supreme Court. The justices are looking at the so-called evidence, and they don't find a case. They don't find a case to make against these states. Go ahead. 
that the Voting Rights Act was you uh, was confirmed under George W. Bush by a voice vote. These are bedrock American principles that even Republicans really agree. bedrock American principles even Republicans agree with. And what he won't tell you. The Voting Rights Act is actually the Civil Rights Act in 1965. It's followed on the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And what he won't tell you is more, a bigger percentage of Democrats opposed it than Republicans, not even close, in both houses of Congress. What he won't tell you is the Democrats filibustered the 64 Act and the 65 Act. He won't tell you that. But then again, nobody's really watching that channel to the best of my knowledge. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Remember the last time you got a quote-unquote free phone? You started out feeling great, then came the hefty activation fees, four-line requirements, and, of course, the binding contract. Don't fall for it again, folks. Only Pure Talk gives you a free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without the feeling you've been duped. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and unlimited data plan with Mobile Hotspot for just 55 bucks a month and get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right, unlimited everything at a fraction of the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Here's another thing. You'll be on America's most dependable 5G network. How do I know? I'm a customer. Make the switch to Pure Talk, the wireless company I'm proud to stand behind, because they're proud to stand behind me and you. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin, and you'll get a free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. Again, go to puretalk.com, use promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, to start saving today. incredibly stupid and there are many and many stupid women too Chris Van Hollen Chris Van Hollen is a Democrat from Maryland it's the only people get elected there bar one congressman Chris Van Hollen on CNN today cut 15 go we've been very clear in the United States that we're not trying to totally decouple our economy from China but we are trying to de-risk it we want to what is what is with the 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 d this and the d that you know you get off a plane you're now deplaning mr producer and so when you're doing the opposite of something you just put d e dash in front of it i'm de-eating does that mean you're going to the bathroom i'm de-drinking does that mean you're throwing up i mean i don't understand so we're de-risking as opposed to decoupling. Let me ask you something, moron, Chris Van Hollen. Shouldn't we be decoupling from a communist regime that is building a war machine aimed at us rather than de-risking? Guy's an idiot. And they make up these words. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I can barely contain myself. I can barely contain myself. Don't say, what's new? No, I can barely contain myself. I've been told 
from the powers that be, my publisher, do not mention the title of your new book yet. I desperately want to tell you the title. Do not yet tell your audience what's in the book, because I just finished it. I desperately want to tell you what's in the book. Do not show the cover of the book. I want to show you the new cover of the book. I broke my back on this project. It's different than anything I've ever done before, and I will explain it when the time comes. But I'm going to lobby them tomorrow to see what I can do. But we haven't talked to the sales accounts yet. You know, to the distributors. To the retailers. So there is that. Let me see what's going on. And then I'm told Costco doesn't take political books anymore. I don't know. I never look over there. You know, when I go there, I'm buying a hot dog. And what is that thing? Like the long donut. What do they call that damn thing? A chero. Oh, I love those things. But my wife's listening. I never eat them. I'm doing it based on memory. Memory only. You get a hot dog and a soda. But of course, I only eat the hot dog. I never get the soda. (laughs) No offense. But uh, Costco, Walmart, all these play perfect examples that Sonny Halston has no comprehension of how, how America works. It's not another country on the face of the earth. You can pick any European country. You walk in, and they have 15 different types of toilet paper. Ultra, one-ply, two-ply, three-ply. Eight rolls that are as many as 16. I'm like, oh, my God, just buy one. I'll be right back. Folks, it would be great if we all lived near Hillsdale College, but that isn't possible. After all, it's a small town. I have a new way for you to learn from my good friends there. It's the Hillsdale College Podcast Network. You can listen to hundreds of episodes on shows like the Hillsdale Dialogues, the Radio Free Hillsdale Hour, the Larry Arnn Show, and now in Primus in audio form. That's right. You can listen to Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty anytime, anywhere, at no cost. These podcasts feature interesting and informative conversations with Hillsdale College faculty, staff, friends, and alumni, not to mention visiting speakers and authors. You'll learn about philosophy, theology, history, economics, politics, and even current events. And as I mentioned, the podcast network is free of charge for anyone wishing to learn. Check out the Hillsdale College podcast right away at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. It's the Hillsdale College Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. By the way, Newt Gingrich will be joining us in about 10 or 15 minutes. Well, Chuck Todd is out at Meet the Depressed. I'm sure he was forced out, even though he's trying to put a good face on it. But putting a good face on is not a strong point. I'm sure Chuck Todd was pushed out. Now, 
Let's hear in part what he had to say. Cut 17, go. I have a personal announcement. Well, today is not my final show. This is going to be my final summer here at Meet the Press. It's been an amazing, nearly decade-long run. I'm pretty, really proud of what this team and I have built over the last decade, and frankly, the last 15-plus years that I've been here at NBC, which also includes my time as political director. I've loved so much of this job, helping to explain America to Washington and explain Washington to America. When I took over Meet the Press, it was a Sunday show that had a lot of people questioning whether it could still have a place in the modern media space. Well, I think we've answered that question and then some. We've yeah, taken you Meet the Press. the question. The answer is no. For NBC, anyway. Go ahead. Sunday show to a distinct and important political franchise. Hmm. Then why are you leaving? You know, here's the thing. If you're forced out, say it. Say it. Tell us why. That would be my approach, Mr. Producer. What happened? Say what happened. Don't play games. Why were you pushed out? And who did it? And why did they do it? It's what I would do. Cut 18, go. I'll be honest, though. I leave feeling concerned about this moment in history, but reassured by the standards we've set here. We didn't tolerate propagandists, and this network and program never will. No, but but your network is filled with propagandists. You covered up an awful lot. You censored a great deal. And you were propagandists for the FBI, for the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, and the rest. Go ahead. Taking your head in the sand either. If you ignore reality, you'll miss the biggest story. Being a real political journalist isn't about building a brand. It's about reporting what's happening and explaining why it's happening. And but you didn't. Them. I can tell you on climate alone. I've played it. I've read it to millions of people. You didn't want to discuss climate change. You wanted to push an agenda. That's what you did. Now you can do it on a soapbox on a corner somewhere. Go ahead. Absorb the facts. If you do this job seeking popularity, you are doing this job incorrectly. I take the attacks from partisans as compliments. You're welcome. You're welcome. Go ahead. Compliments from partisans with a grain of salt. Don't worry, you'll never get one. The goal of this in every Meet the Press episode is to do all of the following in one informative hour. Yes. Make you mad. Make you think. Shake your head in disapproval. Make you puke. And and nod your head in approval. If you do all of that in one hour of this show, we've done our job. Mm. Mm. Meet the Press. We miss Joel Spivak. Tim Russert, that's for sure. The old timers were great. Fortunately, you're not. I've been around long enough to know the difference. Been around long enough to know the difference. Now, the Children's Choir, you've heard this. Rushing Brook Children's Choir inside the Capitol building on May 26th. There they are singing a very threatening and troublesome song. It's called the National Anthem. There they are singing the national anthem, and they're stopped by, of all people, the Capitol Police. And they're told that, well, you're not allowed to do that here. It's a form of protest. 
to form a protest. Here, cut 19, go. stopped and they're stopped um now the capitol police said there was a miscommunication mr what in the world could possibly be the miscommunication what is it that one of the democrat party radical leftist kooks objected to this this uh I'm at a loss for words anymore. Showing children genitalia, asking children if they want their genitalia. You have a governor that says we're not going to do that anymore, and he's attacked. Taking filth off the bookshelves, pornography off the bookshelves, and you're said to be banning books. And then you have Republicans coming to the defense of Disney. I don't know what to say anymore. Target's going under, and it should. Don't shop there anymore. Coal, Belk. And one day we're going to get into this BlackRock Corporation that has about $10 trillion in assets, including you firefighters, you policemen, you emergency folks, and all the rest. They're using your pension monies to force a lot of these companies to push this agenda. 
And we will take some time to go through that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, it's a pleasure to have our friend Newt Gingrich with us. He's got a fantastic new book, March to the Majority, which is coming out, uh, I guess, tomorrow, right, Newt? Yeah, it'll be out tomorrow morning. We're very excited by it. It's very exciting. March to the Majority, Newt Gingrich. Now, this is how you took over the House, how you got the votes, how you pulled it together, how you became the leader. Tell us why this is important today. Well, I think we're faced with a lot of the same problems. You know, how how do you listen to the American people well enough to build a sustainable majority? Remember, we weren't just the first Republican majority in 40 years, but two years later we became the first re-elected Republican majority since 1928. And the system that we built lasted until 2006, had a brief four-year interruption, and came roaring right back in 2010. So you, you could argue that the 94 election and, and the, the way we approach things, the way we got things done, permanently shifted power in Washington in a way that nobody would have expected because no one prior to the election thought that the Republicans had a chance of being a majority. I think second, it's really important, uh, think of it almost as a playbook, because um, March the Majority lays out how we negotiated with Bill Clinton and arouse public opinion so that we got welfare reform, uh, the largest single conservative reform in our lifetime. We got the largest capital gains tax cut in history, launching an entire extraordinary period of entrepreneurial growth. We cut regulations dramatically, helping small businesses. And uh, we balanced the federal budget for four consecutive years uh, for the only time in your lifetime. So uh, there are a lot of lessons. You know, we, we didn't do this because we, we're lucky we did it because we worked very hard. We learned over a 16-year period from 1978 to 1994 what worked and what didn't work. And in March, the majority, I'm giving people a chance to learn exactly in a free society, what are the principles that work? How do you put together a majority? And then how do you use that majority to get the policy changes you want? That, that's why I think March, the majority is very relevant for today, not just as a history book. And do you get the sense that the Republicans in the House, McCarthy and others, are following the game plan pretty much? Well, I certainly think in the negotiations with Biden on the debt ceiling, there's no question that McCarthy outmaneuvered Biden dramatically. I mean, Biden thought he was going to get a debt ceiling with no cuts, no reforms, uh, and it turned out that only one out of every four Americans favored that. We, One of the projects I work on is called the America's New Majority Project, which has been doing very extensive polling since 2018. And people can see it at americasnewmajorityproject.com. And it was clear that only one out of every four Americans favored Biden's position. Well, in that kind of a setting, you're, you're going to lose if the other side has the courage to stand firm. And, um, you know, the fact is that for over 100 days, uh, McCarthy kept saying, and he went to the news media, he got more press coverage. If you go back and look at it, it's amazing 
how clear he was in communicating through the media, despite their liberal bias, because he just kept saying over and over, you know, we want to get this solved. And the key there was that the House Republican Conference actually passed a debt ceiling bill with real reforms. And therefore, the Senate Republicans, to my great shock, uh, came out and said, we are for McCarthy. And Mitch McConnell, who negotiated many of these deals, said, I'm not in this. This is McCarthy's opportunity. We're going to back McCarthy. And that put him in a position. And, and the reason I think this really matters in the long run, Mark, is if the center of gravity in Washington becomes the House Republicans, they are the most conservative group in the city, uh, much more conservative than the Senate and obviously dramatically more conservative mm-hmm. than the Biden White House. Now the question will be between the investigation process and the effort that they're going to put into the appropriations bills, can they build on this? I, I tell everybody, if if the debt ceiling was the final fit deal, uh, I, I would have voted no. But if it's the first step in setting up a rhythm of winning, so we keep getting more and more and more goodies, then it's a very important yes. And I say that because if you read March the Majority, you'll figure out, you know, we didn't get, we didn't jump to a balanced budget. We had three years of constant work gradually, inch by inch, getting Clinton in a position where a balanced budget became possible. I think in this case, I don't think Biden's going to last three years. So the question is, can we get through 2023, 2024, and be in a great position in January of 25 with a Republican president, Republican House, Republican Senate, to really drive dramatic, bold, deep reforms? And I think that's the great challenge for our generation. Now, you talked about a new kind of campaigning in the book. What did you mean by that? Well, it's really what we learned from Ronald Reagan. I mean, people tend to forget. Ronald Reagan was an FDR Democrat. As late as 1948, he was running commercials for Harry Truman and for Hubert Humphrey. He became an independent in 52, headed up Democrats for Eisenhower. And by the late 50s, he had become a Republican. But he remembered key differences. An FDR Democrat thought they were the natural majority. They had the confidence, the optimism, the belief that they represented the American people. And and Reagan understood what Lincoln had said when Lincoln said, with popular sentiment, anything is possible. Without popular sentiment, nothing is possible. And if you read, as, I, as I've done many times, uh, Reagan's farewell address in January of 1989, he says very clearly, these great victories weren't mine. These great victories were yours. It was your vote, your voice, your calling, your involvement, you, the American people. And so we tried to return to that model. Big ideas in the contract with America that were all 70% or more in popularity, willingness to fight over the ideas. People forget, you know, this wasn't you know, a picnic. Uh, we closed the federal government twice, once for 26 days. Uh, we, we were in a knockdown, dragout brawl, and I, I always laugh at the media that says, oh, this really hurt the Republicans. We became the first reelected majority since 1928 after we closed the government. Mm-hmm. And the reason was people thought we were being principled, and the people thought that we were serious. We weren't normal politicians. Uh, in, in many ways, the strength that Trump brought in the, fen- the sense that he wasn't just a regular politician. Uh, and I think that my, my goal is to get Republicans to understand that the consultant class doesn't understand the American people, doesn't respect them, and doesn't study issues. And they, they make a living out of running junk negative commercials 
that frankly weaken the whole country. And what you need is a much more Reagan-style popular appeal, which which can be very tough with your opponent, by the way. Reagan, you know, beat the tar out of Jimmy Carter, uh, but it was positive; it wasn't negative. Don't 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 uh, hang up. No, we want to keep you for another segment here. The book is March to the Majority. You can get it at Amazon.com. Order it now. It'll show up tomorrow morning. It's a fantastic book, The Real Story of the Republican Revolution. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. On the right. Call in now. 877-381-3811. You know, I first learned about Newt Gingrich when my older brother bought and gave to me many decades ago, Newt, your first book. And it was fantastic. Well, and uh, this book is, I have to say, one of your best. March to the Majority, Newt Gingrich. And uh, you feel like Kevin McCarthy really is doing a very good job of doing that. I mean, he's got a, you had a much, much bigger majority. is a tiny majority. And he's got all these elements within his party that he has to pull together, right? Right. And, and, but he's also, he's picked fights that are really interesting. You know, in our America's New Majority Project, we found that 84% of the American people believe parents have the right to know what's happening to their children in school. So one of the first bills that McCarthy moved was a parental rights bill. And the Democrats, like little lemming, marched straight off the cliff and voted no. But in fact, eight out of every 10 Americans think that what the Republicans were doing was right. And he's been very methodically going through a whole series of issues where the country thinks the Republicans are right. And the polling numbers now show it. I mean, uh, a majority of Americans, a substantial majority, wanted spending cuts on the debt ceiling. So McCarthy was, uh, frankly, outmaneuvering Biden with Biden's help on two fronts. One was McCarthy was advocating spending cuts. Biden was opposed. The other was McCarthy would say every morning, I really want to negotiate. And Biden would say, we're not going to negotiate. Well, the country is so sick and tired of politicians bickering that it was a dead loser so Biden had a double negative. Uh, he wanted a bill people didn't want, and he didn't want to talk about it, and everybody wanted negotiation. And I think that the press corps on Capitol Hill uh, was, was really shocked. I think they had so underestimated McCarthy and misunderstood the nature of, of the 15 votes that got him to be Speaker. Now, 
he's always going to have a hard time. You, you, you're never going to do quite enough for the most conservative and most activist members uh, because they don't care about negotiating. They don't care about the balance of power. They know what they want, and they like it Tuesday morning, preferably served, you know, with, with coffee and cream. Um, but for most Americans, the fact that he got something done, the fact that it's the first debt ceiling in history where we actually cut spending, and we did cut domestic discretionary spending substantially. Uh, it would have been it was a bigger number on the domestic side, but they put some money back in for defense and some money back in for veterans, uh, and so it, the number's not as big as it looked would have been on a net basis. But they also changed a lot of rules. Uh, they had very dramatic regulatory reforms and uh, very very dramatic uh, reforms in terms of infrastructure and natural gas and oil and the kind of developments we need. And they could they did cut out all of the new IRS agents for this year. Uh, and I think you're going to see them come back in the appropriations bills with a series of cuts that are well, you know, th think of the agreement on the debt ceiling as a ceiling, not a basement. The Republicans in the House can come back and cut substantially below that. My my personal favorite is killing the $3.5 billion uh, FBI headquarters, which would be, oh, yeah. would be, larger, be larger than the Pentagon. I cannot imagine a worse idea. God forbid. I mean, they're so out of control. He really is underestimated, though, isn't he? They didn't think he'd be speaker, uh, and then he's speaker. They didn't think he'd be an effective communicator. He's extremely effective. And they didn't think he'd be able to out-negotiate Biden, and Biden was hoping that he would crumble, you know, with the backing of the Senate Republicans, frankly. And he simply didn't. Does he, does yeah. he consult with you often and ask you your advice oh, and so forth? Oh. Look, we chat, but I, I want to give Kevin credit for him just who he is. He is the best people-oriented speaker I've ever seen. He likes people. He talks to everybody. Uh, he has an amazing memory for, for people. Um, and that's an enormous advantage in that job. Um, and somebody like Paul Ryan may have been more of a policy wonk, but Ryan didn't have the political skill. And if you're going to be Speaker of the House, you have to have some ability to reach out to human beings and to talk to human beings. Uh, Kevin also thinks very strategically. I mean, I was very struck as an example that he had professors coming down from MIT to brief members of the House on artificial intelligence in the middle of the the vote on uh, the, the deficit, on, on the uh, debt ceiling. And, and he had been thinking about this for several months because he thinks this is a very big long-term issue that none of us really understand. And he wants the members themselves to get educated well that that's a kind of strategic leadership that i think is pretty darn impressive they've created a china committee which we desperately needed uh, that committee is going to provide real leadership on what's it going to take for america to successfully compete with china they've backed uh, uh, the uh, oversight and investigations committee in some very tough knockdown drag out fights with the FBI and the Justice Department and the White House. So a lot of these things going on simultaneously. You talk about this in the book, you become the leader, and you're under attack. And in fact, the more, I remember all this. The more effective you were, the more brutally assault. You had Bond, you're constantly filing complaints against you. Is this one reason that you can see in Donald Trump what they're doing to him? That is, whatever they can do to kneecap him, Oh, look, look, and, and I think eventually McCarthy 
will have the same treatment. I was a mortal threat to their system. They, they were in such a state of shock the day after the election to suddenly be in the minority. None of them thought they would be. They knew it couldn't be their fault, therefore I was evil. And only an evil Newt Gingrich could have done this terrible thing to the liberal Democrats. Trump is the same way. We, we now realize that, that, that Trump had virtually the entire national establishment prepared to lie about him, prepared to engage in criminal behavior. I mean, the stuff we're learning from the Durham report and from other sources, it's, it's astonishing how much was, how many laws were broken by the left and how much places like the New York Times and the Washington Post were active partners in smearing a, a, a president of the United States with total falsehoods. I mean, not, not even close, total, complete falsehoods. And I, one of the reasons I admire Trump is after all these years of getting beaten up on behalf of the American people, he's still standing there. You know, he's still fighting. He's, he's still prepared to take on the entire establishment. And I think that historians will look back on this as just a remarkable personal ability. I think they'll also look back on it maybe 100 years from now as the most contemptible and diabolical period in modern American history because... If it's not one thing, it's another. Now, documents, they want to indict them over documents. You step back and you look at this and you say, what the hell? You're going to try and take out the leading Republican right now for the presidency? The Democrats? Biden administration? Over documents? Why? Did, did he sell something to somebody? You know, I can tell you when I was chief of staff to Attorney General Meese, he would have picked up the phone and called and said, hey, give me the stuff so we don't have a problem. You know, it would have been worked out. You wouldn't have this. And then you have Bill Barr on Fox constantly, like he's campaigning for him to be indicted. What do you make of that? Well, I think there's some real bitterness there. I mean, it's, you know, look, if, if you were an establishment Bush, Bush Republican uh, and you watched him annihilate Jeb Bush, uh, and you, which he did. I mean, Bush was the front runner until he ran into Donald Trump and then he disappeared. Uh, and if you represent a kind of genteel, organized, country club, corporate republicanism. Almost everything about Trump just sets your teeth on edge. He clearly appeals to blue-collar workers. He represents a new emerging Republican Party, which is really a working-class party. It's not a party of skull and bones and Yale and Harvard. Uh, and if you're skull and bones and you know, you, 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 you've learned how to be genteel and use the right fork and the right spoon, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> it drives you nuts. I mean, who does this guy think he is leading? Well, ha happens to be for a vast majority of Americans what they think we need to take on a corrupt, uh, incompetent, and dangerous establishment. Now, let me ask you this. In terms of uh, you have here with Joe Gaylord, Joe Gaylord's been with you a long time, hasn't he? Tell everybody who he is. Well, Joe, Joe Gaylord was the head of the Congressional Campaign Committee. Uh, he, he and I started working together uh, in the early 80s. We both actually got involved in politics uh, when we were much younger. And uh, without his help, we could never have created the contract with America. We could never have grown the majority. And it's important for people to remember, this is one of the key points of, of March to the majority. We tried in 80, 82, 84, 86, 88, 90, and 92 and failed. And it wasn't that we were rope-a-doping. We were failing. We were doing everything we could. 
but every year we'd learn some new things. We'd try out some new things. And we gradually grew both a big enough party and a clear enough understanding of what worked and what didn't work. And I would say literally without Joe's help, uh, it would have been impossible. So I, in a way, I was, I was Mr. Inside and he was Mr. Outside. You know, I was the guy who gave the speech. He was the guy who organized and trained the campaign workers. We created an, an, a campaign academy to train an entire generation about how to run campaigns in the Reagan style. Uh, I, we created a GOPAC training tape system with 55,000 people getting a tape every month. I mean, we really worked at educating people and creating a base from which you could actually govern the country and get things done. And I think one of the reasons I decided to write March of the Majority, and Joe agreed with me and helped write it, is that we need to revisit those lessons. We need This is a playbook so that this generation can do the same things because they're not magic. I mean, Lincoln understood it, Reagan understood it, uh, and people can learn how to do this in a way that makes America much more governable uh, and much more capable of uh, cleaning up the corruption and the mess. The book is March to the Majority, Newt Gingrich. I encourage you strongly to get it. You can get it on any of my social sites. We link to it on Amazon. You can go directly to Amazon. You're going to love this book. It's very important. Newt Gingrich is like one of the wise men out there for uh, conservatives and liberty. One more question here, Newt. Do you think the Democrat Party today is much worse than the Democrat Party 30 years ago? Yes, I think it's, it's, it's like a cancer that is, that is metastasized. <clears throat> I think they're more anti-American. Uh, they're more racist. Uh, they're more involved in, in sexual assault in Western civilization. Um, <clears throat> it's astonishing. I mean, you go down the list, it's really hard to believe that a great party, uh, although... Theodore White, in the making of the president in 1972, warned in describing the McGovern problems that the liberal ideology had become a liberal theology. And remember, in the late 60s, we had 2,500 bombings. We had an active campaign to assassinate the police. Uh, So we've been through this before, but I think it's worse today. I think the universities are sicker. They're more totalitarian. They're more willing to drive out anybody who disagrees with them. And I think you have these nutty things like the Target store problems and, and Bud Light and you name it, you know, or, or the Dodgers bringing in a group of people who are perverted and who are clearly openly anti-Catholic, who dress like nuns to make fun of nuns. I mean, it is, it is as sickening and as despicable as anything in American civic culture. It truly is. Newt, I want to thank you very much. March to the majority, folks. Newt Gingrich, I want to strongly encourage you. Grab a copy. You can get it on Amazon.com. It'll show up at your door tomorrow. Every major bookstore will have it starting tomorrow as well. Thank you, my friend, and God bless. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Newt. He's terrific. He really is terrific. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We have a caller or two or seven to whom I shall speak, sir. Jupiter, Florida, WJNO, Dan. I know it very well, Dan. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? The, the great and honorable F. Lee Levin. I've been listening to you <laughs> since probably the first time you were on radio, and I said, this guy needs his own radio show, and well, it you. came to pass. I'm so glad. Thank um, you. Uh, my son just uh, 
Matthew, born in 1989, May 11th, just had his birthday. And Wonderful. I think we share something with that. And Yeah, we do, because uh, May 11th is the date that uh, my son was born. The Grove of Bane Trees, I know that road very well. Isn't that beautiful? Um, yes, it is. Yes. Now, don't hand out my address now. No, 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 no. Um, so, so also, my daughter's a graduate of Hillsdale College. Uh, my my oldest son's like uh, five deployments in the army oh, and macro. special forces. Um, but God bless you and your family, is, man. Well, God bless you and your family. Um, my point is that uh, from the very beginning of the show, I've enjoyed it. I listen to you every day, all the time. Um, do yeah, you think uh, Sonny Houston appreciates what what your son does in the Special Forces? you think The View ever talks about anything like this? No. Um, if, if Trump gets in, he's going to see more action because Trump's already said what he's going to do in South America mm-hmm. and, and, you know, south of the border. And that's Listen, I have to go. Please call us the next day or two just because the, the music is on and I got to dance out of here. But you sound great, Dan. Call us again. We salute armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker brothers and sisters, and the freedom fighters in Ukraine and Taiwan. And I'm blessed to have you here. Thank you, everybody. And I'll see you tomorrow.